This is the Biz News Podcast, one-on-one conversations with experts in business and personal development. Steve Bates, a former reporter and editor with the Washington Post, as well as other newspapers, has been writing science fiction short stories for more than a decade. Now, in his new novel, Castle of Sand, he grapples with perhaps the most fundamental question of all, what it truly means to be human in a world increasingly reliant on artificial intelligence. In this edition of Biz News Interviews, Mr. Bates talks about what he's learned about artificial intelligence as humanity stands on the precipice of a profound intersection with machines smarter than we are. Steve, let's get this underway by you telling our listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself. You've got a remarkable career. Well, thank you. Um, Yes, I started out as a journalist. I pursued that course for many years. I worked at a lot of small community newspapers, some medium-sized dailies, and then eventually uh, got a gig at the Washington Post. Uh, started as an editor, actually, and worked my way up to reporter. It's kind of a, a flip side of the way you do things at uh, many other publications, but um, found it uh, oh, fascinating. Um, I was uh, stationed in two bureaus in uh, the Virginia suburbs and worked on the Metropolitan staff. And uh, it was just a lot of fun, even though it was uh, a lot of uh, well, late nights, weekends, uh, uh, long hours, but uh, that's where you want to be. Um, I, you know, had ups and downs like any journalist will have, and there were times when um, some of my uh, readers, even some of my editors, sort of questioned, you know, whether I was really being perhaps as accurate as I could be, and so I figured. Well, if they think I'm writing fiction, I might as well write fiction. So I uh, <laughs> sort of transitioned out of the uh, the news and features business uh, several years ago into science fiction. Got, You've been uh, doing that since, uh, if I remember uh, if the, right from reading uh, what we did, the research on you, you've been writing science fiction since 2012. That's a good long time to be doing that. I guess so, yes, in the in the in the course of the history of our planet it's uh, it's a moment but yes it's uh, it's when I started uh, cranking out some um, short stories and that was the way I had to get going because a I have a very short attention span and b it's a lot easier to start there than to try and write a novel and expect to, that it will get published and uh, sell well and bring fame and fortune so yes I've done I guess 14 short stories now so far that have been published and my second novel will be out in July. And uh, this second novel deals with something that people hear a lot about these days, but I doubt if anybody really truly understands it unless they're into that as an occupation or research project. And that's of course, artificial intelligence. Should yes, be- it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's sort of topic A these days all around. And uh, yes, I don't pretend to be an expert on it, um, I've done my best to try to keep up with not only the research and the essays and thoughts that come out from many of our thought leaders, but also the, uh, well, even the political and governmental processes going on now, which are 
becoming quite active. Um, I'm sure you saw and a lot of our your uh, followers have seen that in the European Union, they're moving apace to bring about regulation of the uh, artificial intelligence uh, phenomenon. Um, it's hard to say how effective those regulations will be, but they are definitely getting the attention of companies, including some US-based companies that do business in Europe. Um, there are some pros and cons, but uh, clearly they are taking the lead uh, over in Europe. Uh, here in the US, Congress is also trying to get into the act a little bit belatedly, and uh, they're going to be holding hearings and drafting legislation in the fairly near future. Um, but what they're finding is, is that uh, they kind of lack the expertise to, to know what to do, really, and how to do it. And so they're kind of reaching out to the industry and saying, uh, boy, uh, we wish we knew all the things, uh, you know, we'd like to know about AI, and uh, we haven't been able to <laughs> hire all the, the right people with uh, who can give us the answers because they're all working for you. And uh, the tech companies say, well, you know what? We have a great solution for you. Let us write the regulations for you. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that sort of happens. Uh, any reporter who really uh, runs their beat thoroughly and gets to know their subject matter thoroughly is almost a, could be considered an expert, although few would ever call them themselves that. And so you have been studying this for quite a while, and that's one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you on Biz News Interviews, to get your take on the, the where you think AI should be and whether we should hide under our beds. Well, hiding under the bed is always my default strategy, I have to admit. But um, it's fascinating to track some of the predictions that quote-unquote experts have been making over the past 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Most of them, say 20 years ago, said if the machines that we're building ever get as smart as us and even smarter, it will be 100 years or more. And we really doubt it's going to happen. Some of them said maybe in 50 years, some, a few experts said 15 or 20 years, it can happen and here's why. And they've written long books and essays making the case from a uh, technological point of view, comparing the development of AI with some of the other developments in human history and the sort of start slowly and then all of a sudden hit a, a, a point of energy and then just take off exponentially. Now, some of those same people are saying, well, maybe not 100 years, maybe 2025. And some of the ones who are saying 20 years are saying maybe five years or less. So all of a sudden, the people who are saying don't panic are saying, well, maybe some panic is justified. But wait a minute. Why should we panic? Because we can always reach down and pull the plug out of the wall. Yes, we can. Uh, unless... The AIs are firmly grasping their plug, have backup electric plans. I mean, if we program a machine to maximize, say, protecting the environment, that just for an example, and just tell it, you know, use all the resources you can get, you know, machine learning, teach yourself, draw on the internet, God help us if they're drawing on my website. But anyway, draw on all the things out there that you can draw on. 
Well, the machine will take that information and it might take a look at the human race and say, you know what? They're not really that good for the environment. You know, out you go. Um, that's a worst case scenario. Some of the other uh, experts are saying, well, if we program machines to be very deferential to humans individually and collectively, maybe they'll take pity on us and keep us around in some capacity. Um, and others are thinking, well, no, machines have no volition. They have no human traits. We shouldn't anthropomorphize. We shouldn't expect machines to become terminators. But we don't know. We just don't know. Well, I, I hate to say we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, from your research, where do you, which road do you think AI is taking? The road to the darkness or the road to the bright city on the hill? I'd like to think there's a middle ground, actually. And I think if I had to bet money, and I wouldn't, but if, if, I, if I had to make a prediction and stake my career on it, I'd say that we're headed to some sort of convergence. And, and I think that means that AI and humans are going to get married and live together forever after happily. Um, I mean, we're already seeing people, uh, uh, you know, enhancing their bodies, whether it's artificial limbs, some of the new machines that are helping people with nerves that have never functioned to learn to walk and, and, and grip things with artificial hands. Uh, I expect we'll see a lot of neurological enhancements and, you know, other physical enhancements to our bodies and our minds in the next couple of decades. We're teaching computers, machines, AIs to teach themselves. They're starting to get good at it. I mean, these chatbots we have now that write college kids' essays and make wonderful art. And by the way, one of them helped an artist design the cover for my new book, Castle of Sand. So I have to admit that right out front. But you know, they're they're learning and they're learning uh, enough about humanity to kind of say, okay, we kind of see where you are and where we are coming from. It's not inconceivable to me and to some of the experts I've studied and read uh, that we will somehow form a partnership where people and AI will almost become indistinguishable, say 40, 50, 100 years from now. That would uh, certainly be worth waiting around for, I suspect. Did you use any AI other than for the cover of the book in writing your new book? No, I didn't. Um, I'm very worried that AI would do a much better job than I would do, so I'm just going to stick with my own uh, thoughts for now. You, you, you could put uh, something on the cover of the book, the last human written book about artificial intelligence. <laughs> well, that could be the case. I mean... <laughs> Machines are getting so good at some things, mirroring human conversation. Um, they're not, they don't understand us. They don't understand what they write, but they do such a good job of, of parsing and using language that, you know, some experts say, well, you know, that's kind of the, the key to our operating system as humans, you know, when you control language, you can control culture. When you control culture, you control minds and hearts. 
you can foresee a time not that far off when people will, you know, as in, we've seen in movies and books, try to, you know, think of robots as, as friends and as lovers and as advisors and colleagues and where the machines will be so good at pretending to do it, or even our dead parents and grandparents that will just buy into it. So who knows? Well, you, you probably more than many. Uh, one uh, last question about AI and that, and that is what should our uh, audience know about it uh, to either protect or build on AI the tomorrow? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, as individuals, we probably can't do a lot other than to continually remind ourselves that, you know, that, that chatbot or that, that phone app and, you know, that Siri and all those other folks, they're not human, they're not our friends, and we shouldn't think of them as, as that. Um, as we get further into the technology and we get more and more in, enamored of some of these apps and, and, and trinkets and toys and the virtual reality, it's going to be a little trickier. And so we just have to remind ourselves every once in a while to take off the headset or put down the device, take a walk around the block. Um, these devices can be wonderful, but they're not alive. And if they are alive and become alive, they're still not going to understand us like we would like them to do. They're going to be different. Steve, let's talk a little bit about your, your new uh, novel. Would you tell us first what is the name, the title of it, and sure, a little bit about the plot? It's Castle of Sand, um, based on a, I guess a, one of the principles that I sort of like to remind myself, and I'd like to remind uh, a lot of folks out there, and that civilization is fragile. It's, you know, it thinks it, every civilization thinks it will last forever. I mean, you know, there were some, you know, great civilizations, the Romans, the, the Greeks, the Egyptians, ancient Egyptians, oh, they all thought they'd last forever and they were pretty powerful in their day. For one reason or another, they all faded away. You look at our situation today, um, some people think that, you know, democracy is heading in the wrong direction. Uh, several countries have that sense. We have um, AI, we, uh, you know, on the horizon. We have uh, nuclear weapons that can do a lot of damage to our, our civilization and, and, and even to our species. So in my uh, new novel, Castle of Sand, it begins with a um, war in the Middle East where one side introduces a uh, pathogen that is so strong that inadvertently it's basically wiping out the whole planet, all people within a few weeks. So um, the ark that's being built, it's in orbit. Um, it's a spaceship that's supposed to set up a colony somewhere, uh, is hardly sent off into the unknown. And um, unfortunately, it takes hundreds of years to reach a, a, a planet that might work as a colony and uh, the only thing left of the inhabitants is a bunch of mines stored as uploads in a computer 
uh, along with some uh, uh, frozen uh, human tissues. So the computer wakes up some of these uh, digital minds and says, hey, you're on a planet in the middle of nowhere. You're the last remnants of the human race. I got some cells here and let's turn them into a bunch of babies and see if we can restore the humanity. And they say, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and it kind of goes downhill from there. But that's, you know, that's the premise that, you know, civilization, is, don't take it for granted. And uh, where can people get a copy of your book? Well, most folks will uh, be able to get it from Amazon. It's uh, appearing July 10 is the publication date for uh, Castle of Sand and um, um, Sunstone Press will also uh, make it available. But that's, uh, let's, let's face it, that's where everybody shops for books. I mean, I go to my local bookstore once a month, but, uh, you know, I'm, I guess I'm a, a relic there in that regard. Well, if there are robots behind the uh, cash register, uh, do beware. <laughs> Uh, uh, on your monthly trip, uh, would you have a, perhaps a website where people could get more information about you? I just happen to have one. Thank you for asking. It's www.stevebateswriter.com. No spaces, stevebateswriter.com. And uh, yeah, I've got uh, links to uh, many of my short stories and uh, uh, just uh, all sorts of uh, shameless publicity for my books. Steve, what would you like to add that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet? Well, uh, you know, we talked about AI a lot. And and one of the things that the being in the age of AI is, I guess, forcing us to ask ourselves is, what does it mean to be human? Um, even if we don't go overboard and you know, start putting all sorts of artificial attachments, you know, enhancements to improve our, our bodies so we can sit, hit 600 foot home runs and, and uh, you know, do all sorts of fantastic athletic feats. Um, even if we don't try to live to be a thousand by replacing all our body parts as we go along, even if we're just thinking about the next five, 10, 15, 20 years, I mean, as, as, all of this un unfolds with technology. Um, can we be confident that we as a species, as a race, will continue to be defined as we define ourselves today? And I don't know that the answer is absolutely yes, and I'm not sure that it needs to be. I mean, if, for say, for example, we start to explore the the solar system and beyond. And we encounter a race that's sort of like ours, but not exactly. And we might sort of interbreed and we might sort of change or evolution. You know, we start to develop a third eye or a third arm or some other um, uh, natural or assisted change to the way we appear and act and think. Will we still be human? I mean, the definition is one we think we know, but you know, we'll have to think about it. And if we do adapt and adjust to make it to the point that you know we live for a substantial period of time and sustain ourselves, well, I'm not so sure it matters what we call ourselves and if we're quite the same as we are today, as long as we sort of take our, I guess, key values with us. You've been watching the Biz News Podcast. We welcome your input. 
send your email to editor at biznews.com. Thanks for watching.